Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, April 26th. In today's news, a federal judge blocks President Trump's gag rule for abortion providers. The Defense Department's Inspector General clears Patrick Shanahan, and Joe Biden called Anita Hill, but she says he still didn't apologize for how he treated her. But first, the big idea. North Korea issued a $2 million bill for the hospital care of comatose American Otto Warmbier, insisting that a U.S. official sign a pledge to pay it before being allowed to fly the University of Virginia student home from Pyongyang in 2017. The presentation of the invoice, not previously disclosed by U.S. or North Korean officials, was extraordinarily brazen, even for a regime known for its aggressive tactics. But the main U.S. envoy sent to retrieve Warmbier signed the agreement to pay the medical bill on instructions passed down from President Trump himself, according to two people familiar with the situation who talked to my colleague Anna Fifield, our bureau chief in Beijing. The bill went to the Treasury Department, where it remained unpaid throughout 2017. However, it is unclear whether the Trump administration later paid the bill or whether it came up during preparations for Trump's two summits with Kim Jong-un. The White House declined to comment, saying it never speaks publicly about hostage negotiations. Warmbier, who was 21, fell into a coma for still unknown reasons the night he was sentenced to 15 years in prison with hard labor in March 2016. He was convicted on trumped-up charges stemming from taking down a propaganda poster in a Pyongyang hotel in the early hours of New Year's Day that year so that he could keep it as a memento. He was a foreign exchange student. Such an infraction would be minor in basically any other country in the world, but in North Korea it was considered a, quote, hostile act against the state. Fred Warmbier, Otto's father, said he was never told about the hospital bill. He says it sounds like a ransom for his son. After his sentencing, the North Koreans held on to the comatose student for 15 more months, never telling American officials until June 2017 that he had been unconscious all that time. News of his condition sparked a frantic effort led by Joseph Yoon, the State Department's point man on North Korea at the time, to get warm beer home. Having signed the documentation and secured Warmbier's release, Yoon flew to Cincinnati to return the young man to his parents. But Otto died six days later. The cause of his severe brain damage has never been ascertained with certainty. North Korea insists that Warmbier became sick after eating pork and spinach. It also says he may have had a severe allergic reaction to sedatives that he was given. Fred and Cindy Warmbier sued North Korea last December over their son's death. A jury awarded them $501 million in damages, money that Kim regime is unlikely to ever pay. But Judge Beryl Howell of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia said the award was, quote, appropriate to punish and deter North Korea for the torture, hostage-taking, and extrajudicial killing of Otto Warmbier. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Friday. Number one, a federal judge last night blocked the Trump administration from imposing anti-abortion restrictions on the use of federal family planning funds designed to assist millions of low-income women. 
The rule promulgated in March by the Department of Health and Human Services would have barred programs receiving the money from saying or doing anything to advise or assist a patient in securing an abortion. Planned Parenthood, a regular target of this president, would have been particularly hard hit as the nation's single largest provider of reproductive health services. The order is nationwide in scope, barring HHS from implementing Trump's rule entirely and preserving the status quo. It will certainly be appealed. Number two, acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan was cleared of allegations that he used his position to benefit his former employer, Boeing, clearing the way for Trump to formally nominate him to get the secretary job on a permanent basis. He's been in the acting role for five months now since Jim Mattis resigned. The probe was launched in March after the office of the Department of Defense Inspector General received reports saying that Shanahan, a former senior Boeing executive and lobbyist, had aggressively boosted Boeing during Pentagon meetings while disparaging Boeing's competitors, pressuring Pentagon officials to buy Boeing products, and seeking to influence the Air Force's decision on accepting a Boeing aircraft the KC-46 tanker plane, after technical problems delayed its delivery. But the IG says that while Shanahan did routinely refer to his private industry experience in meetings, most witnesses, including Mattis, believed he was doing it to improve government management of DOD programs rather than to push Boeing products. The IG concluded that Shanahan, quote, fully complied with his ethics agreements and his ethical obligations. Number three. A few weeks before Joe Biden formally launched his presidential campaign, he reached out to Anita Hill to discuss her testimony during Clarence Thomas's confirmation hearings in 1991. The conversation left Hill deeply unsatisfied. On Thursday, the same day he formally launched his campaign, Biden's operation disclosed that the call had happened. In a statement, Biden's spokesperson said that the former vice president shared with Hill, quote, his regret for what she endured 28 years ago, when, as the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Biden presided over the confirmation hearings. But in a lengthy interview with the New York Times, Hill said she doesn't consider what Biden told her anything close to an apology, and she said he has still not taken responsibility for his conduct during the hearings or for the harm he caused other victims of sexual harassment and gender violence. Hill says that she views Biden as having, quote, set the stage for last year's confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, despite the testimony of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. She added that she's been troubled by the recent accounts of women who say Biden touched them in ways that made them feel uncomfortable. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, April 26th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.